Welcome back to the Rhonda Swan Show this week. I'm really excited to come back here again because I have a multifaceted woman. She's not only in business, she's in media, healthcare. Her name is Kara Nance, and she is a double board certified for both internal medicine and obesity medicine, and currently runs mindful-based weight management and internal medicine practice. Kara has spent the last decade collaborating with Dr. Judson Brewer. He's a craving and addiction psychiatrist at Brown University Center for Mindfulness while participating in the development of the digital applications Eat Right Now, Unwinding Anxiety, and Craving to Quit. And now Kara works as an advisor and facilitator of these programs. I am so excited because she's also going to be one of our authors in the next Women Gone Wild book series, Intuition. And we are just honored to have you on the show today. Welcome, Kara. Thank you, Rhonda. That's really sweet to be introduced and to meet you and to be joining this team. It's really exciting what you guys have pulled together. Yeah, it's so cool. I love it. It's so fun. Isn't it nice? Like when someone reads your bio, you're like, wow, that's me. Yeah, that's good. I know, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It always feels Thank so you. Good. Yeah. Really good to have you here. I'm so excited for all the work that you do in the world. And so let's kind of dive into that because, you know, given the work that you do with medicine and mindfulness, what would you say are the links um, that have you been able to bring between like our ability to be mindful as individuals and actually linking it to our eating habits? Because I think that's something that is way bigger than most understand and how did we start linking these two together oh yeah um thank you you know i started practicing medicine in 2003 um, in the suburbs of chicago and it was really surprising to see that all of this training that i had had and everything that i was recommending to patients didn't necessarily translate into true behavioral change mm. i recognized that they would come see me and you know, a lot of people needed to lose weight, exercise, you know, quit certain substances, whatever it was that they needed to do. And lo and behold, they'd come back next year for their physical and these things hadn't really changed. Mm. So my first strategy was to um, learn more. Yeah. So I went and got a second board certification in obesity medicine. And I ended up starting my own medical practice while well, essence MD in 2011. And really the goal was to not practice sort of conveyor belt medicine, but really to work with patients mm. in a more holistic way where I could really understand some of the root causes of the behaviors that I was seeing really impacting their health. Mm. And after I um, got the board certification in obesity medicine, I knew how, now knew how to prescribe medications. I knew how to um, use a variety of nutritional strategies. I knew the exercise science and I could really do all of these things with patients. And yet it wasn't that they didn't, that they lacked the knowledge, but mm. rather they lacked the information about how the mind works. So they would often find themselves stuck in executing their deepest desires. Mm. So this sent me on a journey to learn about mindfulness-based eating awareness, where I happened to meditate for the very first time. At this professional training, I spent four hours in silence, which people who know me find hard to believe. And that actually launched me into this journey of um, insight meditation. I did a lot of retreats at uh, Spirit Rock and Insight Meditation Society, and actually regularly would go for these nine or 10 day silent retreats where I would really be able to turn inward. And this started me on a journey of 
spiritual growth, which has now included nonviolent communication and the Enneagram and resonant healing and Jungian psychology. And now I just love pulling all of that together mm. to really help my patients change the habits that are keeping them stuck in patterns of illness and disease. Wow. You know, I mean, this is, this is super strong, right? I mean, most, especially being in medical and traditional medicine would be like, that is almost opposite of what we learn, right? Like you've literally taken two thoughts and two, you know, ways of, 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 of making shift and healing and brought them together. I mean, that's, that's, um, how was that actually, I want to ask this, cause how was that received in, you know, your industry with among your peers? Because, you know, I was, I don't know if you know this, but I was in, um, I worked for GlaxoSmithKline for over 10 years. And, you know, I was already understanding, you know, this type of, of knowledge and healing and, 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 you know, past traumas that cause us to do things. But none of that was talked about, right? Like really yeah. none of it. Yeah, you know, my first seven and a half years in primary care, I was working in a six provider group mm. and it really wasn't received very well. I mean, I was seeing these patterns and I was really wanting us to implement certain programming. Mm -hmm. I was really wanting more time to spend with my patients. And really the way that medicine is set up in the United States is a fee for service model. And right. so the um, physicians are motivated to just get as many patients through. And, you know, sometimes patients will get angry with the doctors, but unfortunately, now that we're in an era of corporate medicine, the doctors are employed physicians who get, uh, you know, RVUs, which is measuring their productivity, and they're really disincentivized from spending the time with the patients that they actually need. So there's yep. talk about changing into a pay for performance model where we're actually measuring these outcomes. But when you're on the front lines, um, you become aware that that's not really how it works in this current time. It's being given more lip service, which is yep. why we have horrible physician burnout. It's really not good for doctors. Yep. It's not good for patients. So I would love to see more and more physicians actually going back back to the era where we can have that face-to-face -face care. Yeah. But the reality is, is that you take about a 50% pay cut if you do that. So you really have to be um, passion-driven to do this kind of work mm. and realize that um, we live in this place of abundance. And, you know, as we take care of others, it really, um, it's been amazing how the world kind of takes care of you. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a very honorable position, you know, really to take because, you know, I know that especially when doctors come, they take this oath, you know, it's to, to only do, only do, do no harm, right? To only do well and to help others. And um, I think that's, um, it just really shows too, like where doctors that are stepping into this space that we're really looking out for humanity, you know? And I think it's a beautiful time for shift. And um, I, uh, yeah, I just honor that you're doing that. So let's, let's dig in a little bit deeper, like on, cause I know that you work with addictions and helping you know, your, your patients, whether it's addictions or losing weight, um, how do you drill down? Like, can you talk about your, the modality of how do you get to that core root and not just, yeah. you know, do the surface stuff that, you know, everyone else has been doing. Like, how do you get to that core root for them to shift and change and boom, the mindfulness happens. And all of a sudden people are now healing themselves. Yeah. You know, really for me, um, 
I think I'm marketing myself now as a doctor who really helps people with stress-related illnesses. Mm, yeah. And, you know, stress-related illnesses could be migraines, it could be irritable bowel syndrome, it could be chronic pain, it can be insomnia, anxiety, depression, obesity, addictions. So it's really any and all of these things. So when I meet a patient, I really get curious about what their pain point is. What is it that they want to change? What is it that they want to be different? And in that moment, I really like to get curious about what other factors are going on in their lives that may be leading to the manifestation of that disease process. So as an internal medicine doctor, we're trained in systems-based thinking, but Mm -hmm. as you named, usually that system resides only in the body. And I quickly discovered that if we don't also apply systems-based thinking to the heart as well as the mind, we're really not pulling together the whole person. So this is one of the reasons why I love the Enneagram as well as Jungian psychology, because the if you know somebody's Myers-Briggs type and you know somebody's Enneagram type, you're likely to know a lot mm. about the forces that are driving them. Yeah. I also yeah. spend a lot of time focusing on instinctual drives. So everybody has a self-preservation instinct, a social instinct, and a sexual instinct. And how these are manifesting in behaviors is closely related to what kind of disease processes or where that pain point is. So we usually start with exploring that. Yeah, wow. I mean, this is, you know, and, and even I can imagine, like when you finally start communicating this with a patient, they're just like, oh, you get me, you know, because, it, you know, we just want to feel held and we want to feel understood. And the moment yeah. we realize that we can actually do it within ourselves and that we have the support to do it, I think this is also, you know, part of even part of the placebo effect. Would you, would you say that that the moment people become aware that they actually have the power, do you feel that placebo effect kind of happening within their, the way that they react to the healing themselves? So I would say before I even get to the mapping techniques that I talked about, the techniques that I use are actually what I've learned in nonviolent communication and resonant healing. Really it's about becoming present seeing if I can get grounded within myself and recognize that here's another human being with whatever vulnerable and painful Mm. thing that they happen to be experiencing in that moment. So to simply give somebody some space to be heard with some empathy, to be able to reflect, to be able to offer some resonance around Mm. what they're experiencing. There are so many times that I haven't done a single thing and they leave feeling incredibly better. And I don't want to call that a placebo effect. What I think that is, is actually a calming of the nervous system. Mm. I think that so many of us are running around with super jazzed up nervous systems and a lot of what Sarah Payton calls alarmed aloneness. And it's this sense that I'm kind of going at whatever I'm going at alone. People don't get me, people don't hear me, they don't understand. And that's really traumatic for the nervous system. And we're living with all of this low level of loneliness and this feeling of disconnection, even though we're living at a time when we're more connected than we've ever been. So that little like breath of connection is often where the healing begins. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you said a, a few things, like we are the most connected than we've ever been but people are so detached, right? Even to, to each other, to themselves. And they do, they feel like they're like on a lonely planet, you know, or they're, they don't have any place to go. What do you think um, the effects were uh, with, with COVID on our mental yeah. health and this detachment 
uh, feeling yeah. and, and how do we start helping, you know, alleviate this? Yeah, you know, there are so many things that have happened in our world mm. in the last two or three years that I think really took the veil off of what's been going on in our society. And I think that COVID was one of those things. I mean, the global pandemic showed how interconnected that we really are as humans. It affected everyone across the globe. And I think what it did was it took a population of humans that is already incredibly stressed mm. and added another stressor, both in the terms of the physical threat to our well-being, but also the level of fear and the level of sort of existential angst around, will my life ever go back to normal again? And what I think we saw is that we're really not training humans on how to navigate self-care, mm. on how to do connection, on how to have resilience for what life is going to throw our way. And when it suddenly hits us out of left field, it really can be that final blow, kind of think of it like the one-two punch that gives us the knockout. And that's what we saw, was that so many people were developing long COVID, so many people were having an uptick in psychiatric illness. And while there may be some neurologic effects of COVID, my belief is that long COVID was actually just a cumulative stress that got to the point that the human body just yeah. couldn't tolerate. And we really came in touch with a lot more of the suffering that was mm. going on underneath the surface before we had COVID to kind of unmask it. Yeah. Yeah. And it brought everything to the surface. What would you say if you were to give people some, um, maybe some steps or, you know, ways that they can identify that stress level because you know I, you're right I mean, even more so now right everyone now they feel like the world is opened up so all of a sudden now i have to go faster and i have to do this and i mean it's like okay let's ground ourselves i mean i have the benefit of living in bali right so every day i do my meditation principles and it's kind of like a normal thing that everyone does around here however in places like new york city and in chicago i mean i'm from detroit it's like i've seen this rise of of unnecessary even stress that people are even putting on themselves just to get back on the hamster wheel again or to feel more productive. So what kind of steps or principles maybe you can share? Because I know my audience really looks for this type of uh, ways to even manage their businesses. You know, I've got big CEOs and people that I work with and it's, I can feel it, right? I, you feel that. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, um, the very first thing I prescribe is the Unwinding Anxiety app. Um, I currently do not get paid by this company, um, and I believe in them more than any other digital application that's out there. Mm. Uh, Dr. Judson Brewer, who you referenced, we went to Princeton together way back when. I went the MD route, he went the MD-PhD route. We did not speak for 17 years and then ran into each other at one of these mindfulness retreats when he was taking over the Center for Mindfulness at the University of Massachusetts, mm. which he's now moved to Brown. So he had already developed the Craving to Quit app where he was uh, developed a program that used mindfulness-based approaches for helping people to quit smoking. When he and I met, I was already on my obesity medicine path. So he asked me to collaborate with him on the nutritional part of the Eat Right Now program, which then shifted us into how can we look at stress eating? How can we look at binge eating disorder or any other habit that has us feeling stuck and unwell? And then what we discovered was that anxiety was at the root of why people eat in an unhealthy way and why people uh -oh. 
years. So that was what led Dr. Brewer to develop unwinding anxiety. Wow. And he used his 20 some odd career in psychiatry to really, as well as being a mindfulness practitioner himself and took all of that science. And what I love about it, because there are so many mindfulness apps out there right now, but the amount of evidence-based research that Dr. Brewer has now brought to this application that you can access for as little as $29.99 a month that has a 10-minute daily program with multiple check-ins that cue you right from your smartphone because we're all looking at that thing all day. <laughs> and these practices really give people an introductory way to say, if I'm willing to invest 10 minutes a day into my health and well-being and into repairing my nervous system, we know that mindfulness doesn't fix you over minutes. But I love Dan Harris has a book called 10% Happier. Yep. And if I could just be 10% better from whatever it is that's bothering me right now, mm. that now becomes my new baseline. And what I love to tell people is that if we don't like the direction that we're going, if we can change things even by one degree, if we can look out and see where we'll be a year from now, two years from now, 20 years from now, that's going to be an incredibly different place. So mindfulness isn't as sexy as some other solutions because it's not going to give us that instant gratification, but it really requires some faith and the courage yeah. to really invite yourself to dive into the practices. And once you start doing it, my experience is that it's a little addictive. But this is what we call a positive daily addiction, not one that's actually bringing us down. So that's really how I introduce people. And then I have mm. lots of other strategies. That wow. Well, we're gonna, I'm, I'm excited for this. So Unwinding Anxiety. This is the app yeah. from Dr. Brewer. Yeah. All right, I'm, yeah. I'm excited because, you know, I, I'm of super high energy. I've got a lot going on, but I will always be the first to say, like, look, when stress levels come, you have to find ways that are out of even your own self, you know? So I'm going to take a look at this. I'll make sure everyone knows about it because um, that alone is, um, it can become such a game changer, changer in people's lives. And, um, yeah. yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm so excited for just knowing the work that you do and um, bring it to life. Is there something more that you want to Yeah, the other with? piece I want to add in yeah. is that I think that this gives us the basic training ground, mm. but I think community is ah, the other yes, key piece. Definitely. So I am a trained facilitator with Unwinding Anxiety, and I do run classes on Zoom Great. every week. And I think that working with somebody trained in helping you to navigate the obstacles that will come up when you start a mindfulness journey is also really important. So while I think individually using the app is wonderful, I think connecting with either myself or the other trained facilitators in the Unwinding Anxiety program, Dr. Brewer himself runs a meeting, um, I think that it's the community mm -hmm. that also adds the fuel to this engine. So I just really wanted to make sure we got that piece in. Yes, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a, that's a big uh, cherry on the top for sure. Um, you know, yeah, because just when people know that they've got others that are either similar or that can lift them up, I mean, it changes just the trajectory of the way even our, our frequency levels, our energy levels are. 
because you feel safe. You feel like you, you're at home and you know, you know who you can rely on. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that don't have families. You know, they don't have someone yeah. that they can rely on. So this is, um, this is really great. I appreciate it so much. Mm -hmm. um, and before you go, I'd love to you know, just share with everyone that you're gonna be one of the authors in the book, Intuition. Um, this is such a, a huge passion project for myself and for women of the world. Um, can you share a little bit about why you said yes and where, where your draw to being part of uh, this movement is coming from? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, really excited because I think that when you're sitting face to face with a patient mm. and you're really trying to figure out what is going to be the key to healing for this person? Where can I direct them? You know, for my own self, I know that I really had to drop in and get really curious about what was I prioritizing? What was I deprioritizing? And, you know, where did I need to tweak things to get into balance? Yeah. So this has been a big passion of mine. And I have a new podcast called The Blind Spot, an Enneagram podcast, if anybody wants to check that out. This is where I'm sharing stories about how I've used my own mm. intuition mm. to get in connection with my own blind spots and my own instinctual drives. And um, I've also worked with an author, John Lukovich, who has a book, The Enneagram and the Instinctual Drives for anybody that wants to learn. And we did a series of six episodes together. And now I've taken it on my own and I'm interviewing people with their own personal stories. So I think one of the best ways to learn is to hear from those that are brave enough to mm. talk about what didn't work yeah. and then how they sort of course corrected and how we've gotten back into a place where we can feel much more connected and much more in flow. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to write a chapter yeah. where we talk about listening to that voice that lives inside of us that already knows how to wow. heal ourselves. Because I believe that instinctual intelligence is the ultimate form of preventative medicine mm. and that's where i'd really like to see healthcare going in general yeah absolutely oh i'm so excited we have so, we're going to have such an amazing journey together and the more you know women that we share our stories with the more they then feel the safety to share theirs and we can start changing the world and i'm i'm you know i'm just it's such a it's such a beautiful thing to start seeing women that have such drive to leave impact coming together and of course you know Robin Mullen and Diana Wentworth our amazing friends that are in the book as well are going to be with us along with um, 25 authors and we are uh, yeah we're on a mission to really share those stories and bring the women empowerment chicken soup for the soul of women empowerment is what everyone now is calling our book so um, Kara thank you just thank you for who you are the work you've put into helping others and um, just the stand that you take for humanity and for helping medicine just really be what medicine is there for, right? And um, that's such a, it's such a beautiful thing to experience and to, to share space with. So thank you, my dear. Great to have you on thank the show. Thank you, Rhonda. It's so great to be working with you. Thank you. <laughs> you too. All right, everyone. Well, there's the uh, closing of this episode. I really do hope that this finds you well and allows you to really think, like, what am I bringing in to my consciousness? 
what is the external uh, energies or the um, environment around you that could be causing that stress levels to rise. And now you have a way to identify that and to know that there's always such a deeper root or cause that could be putting you on a path that you just don't want to be on anymore. And that's what Dr. Karen Nance is sharing with us today and allowing us to really see that. So please tap into the resources that she shared. You deserve the best and to know there is a community of humans around here to help support you and to help you become your best version of yourself because we always, we can't always do it ourselves. All right, everyone, thanks for being here. We'll look forward to see you on the next episode. Be unstoppable and stay wild.